Welcome to Dice With Death, where anyone could die with a roll of the dice. I'm your direct messenger, Ollie Bateman, and joining me again for this week's performative Dungeons & Dragons podcast is Chatty Badger's Jamie Powis. Until Zack saved him, Ark was dead, because her mind shadow scythed him through the head. Hey, it cuts yes. deep, it cuts deep. Literally. It, it really does cut deep. Mm. A, a scythe literally does cut deep through the bird brain skull. <laughs> of arc um i'm of course also joined by we are reaches amy mallet if i fight one more mind shadow turd i'm going to turn into a gutter bird it's a kaya <laughs> don't do it amy don't do it that's a slippery slope uh, hey, a... it's a slippery slope it's hey. funny because penguins go on their bellies <laughs> oh what fun yes because of course last episode <sighs> arc smashed through the crawl space thinking that of course titus and uh zakiah had tied a rope to themselves of course they would why wouldn't they have done that um nah of course not um i'm of course also joined by whatculture.com's adam wilborn i'm titus and being me oh, it's a wild ride last time involved shadow puppets and a bloody water slide we all almost died as i got possessed but what on earth happens now as we continue our quest. <laughs> very nice, very Love anonymous, it. very, very mysterious, wonderful. Mm. Um, is everybody ready to continue the adventure? Yes. Yeah, let's be baldy. Yeah, absolutely. Bring on Froth Pump 2.0. <laughs> Previously on Dice with Death, as the sound of a familiar song dissipated at the mouth of the cave. Titus, with his sword aloft, ran headfirst into the darkness, Leroy Jenkins style, leaving Ark and Zakiah puzzled on the snowy mountainside. Titus lit a torch, and after some very convincing shadow puppetry involving a dog and a butterfly, helped Zakiah to see ancient cave drawings scribed into the ceiling of the cavern. The drawings depicted world events that were reminiscent of the modern era, with rain over magical elements, the persecution of mixed-race humanoids, and the travel ban all featuring heavily. Zakiah also saw multiple planewalkers bipedal robotic lizards attacking towns and cities all over the solar system along with a triangle depicting a bear an iron and a storm and a brand new shape of a pentagon surrounded by various animals at its points Ark recognised these images from a tome he'd started reading on the helicopter called Prophesizing the Prophecies and set about combing through the book to try and understand what it all meant Zakiah and Titus investigated further into the cave to try and find the galactic gate Ark had spoken about, before deciding to descend a crawl space together where they could see running water. Zakiah's emotions got the better of her as she told Titus that if she didn't make it back, she wanted him to tell Ark that she was sorry he was mixed up in the gnome incident all those years ago. While they split off, Ark discovered more about the undead loyalists and their secret rule over the governments and the solar system's way of life, with the Pentagon surrounded by animals matching that of a symbol found in the book. Zakiah and Titus had a bit of a nightmare in the crawl space as they started to slip and slide with Titus's last-minute grab of Zakiah's leg saving them from falling. Ark then decided to penguin slide down the crawl space, smashing into Titus and Zakiah, leaving them hurt and crumpled in a pile in a new part of the mountain cave. The gang investigated the room and saw a man-made pool in the center, remembering the detail of Madame Mordana's letter from Mr. Hirokoshi that said, swim in the sky cavern to be delivered. Ark tied a rope around his waist and dove straight in, while Zakiah and Titus used their bodies as anchors to keep Ark safe. 
Just then, the water dripping from the ceiling into the pool turned black and inky just as Titus's torch was blown out, leaving the party in complete darkness and in the company of a mind shadow. In an underwater battle that saw Titus become paralyzed and possessed, Zakaya turn into an octopus and made Ark have to leave his party member drowning, the gang managed to rip the drainage cover off the bottom of the man-made pool and shoot down into another cavern, populated by one olive-skinned man with a fishtail braid and a colorful talking bird sitting on a froth pump. And that's where we are now. A silence falls across the cave as the olive-skinned man's warm and welcoming voice dissolves in the reverberation of the room. He smiles, stands up, and walks over to you to embrace you all in a hug. He's just as you remember him in the town of Iliad. Five foot three in height, long silver hair tied in a fishtail braid on the back of his head, a floor-length cotton kimono covered by a thick workwear apron accompanied by leather working gloves. But this time, he wields a quarterstaff on his back. As he approaches you, a surge of blue arcane erupts from your bodies. The same surge of magic that you all experienced after you collapsed the Iliad mine right before you met Lakeland Zega. The olive-skinned man stops dead in his tracks as the eruption hits his entire body. You see everything that's not nailed down in the room go flying across the cave and crashing into the back wall. The olive-skinned man is lifted off of his feet and sent crashing into his own desk. You see Lintu, the colourful jungle bird, on the froth pump, hanging on for dear life by his beak and flapping his wings to stay where he is. As the eruption fades, you see the olive-skinned man clamber off of his now shattered desk and say, Ha! The rumours are true. Your arcane cell counts have well exceeded 9,000. Fascinating. Congratulations, party members. You have all leveled up. Ark, you are now level five, and Zakaira and Titus, you have reached level four. Of course, with every level up that we do, you are all back to full health, full abilities, full spell slots. If you want to do that up now, if you need to, put yourselves back mm -hmm. up to the top. But after this surge of electrical arcane energy has ruptured through this cavern, you just see this olive-skinned gentleman behind his smashed desk smiling at you. Can I can I turn to Lintu and just go, what the fuck's going on here, Lintu? <laughs> Rocks, very complicated. Rocks, very complicated. <laughs> I'm going <gonna, laughs> to need Zach. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, of course, because I can't actually, <laughs> can't actually um, uh, understand him. I'm just going to literally repeat what I'm, I'm just going to go, he said, what the fuck, Linty? Oh, hello, Zakaya. How nice to see you again. I mean, yeah, I wish I could say the same for you. It is nice to see you again, but what the hell is going on? What on earth do you mean? Well, you guys were, you weren't, we're in a sky cavern. We're here to see Mr. Moto Hirokoshi. You were down in, you were down in the town of Iliad working in the, in the workshop. Like you and this is Kuda, right? Is this not Kuda? Well, uh, this was Kuda. Um, Kuda is a, it's not a synonym. It's not a, it's an alias. 
as you were. You know, just kind of an alias so um, so that Mr. Moto Hirokoshi here can't be found. Right. Okay. Uh, but we did all that stuff with Madame Modana to try and meet Mr. Moto Hirokoshi and you were there all along. Is that is that who he really is? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Mr. Moto Hirokoshi pops up and goes, Zakaya, I see you're having a wonderfully... Uh, wonderfully deep conversation with Lintu here. I'm, I'm so grateful that someone can understand him. I myself have absolutely no idea what he says unless he speaks or chirps in common. Um, Kuda, sorry, people. Can... Sorry, people are talking here. Kuda, can you just wait like five minutes while we talk to <laughs> Lintu, please? I um, am no, Titus Thunderbastard Caligari. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Classic greeting from the Thunder Bastard there. Uh, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi steps back and says, yes, no, carry on the conversation. Don't mind me. I'm just going to sort of like give him stink eye a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> anyway, before we were rudely interrupted, uh, I love the idea that in, in reality, Zach's just going, squack, quack, 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 I'm so confused. So we, but why did you send us all the way up here? We could have just met up with him back in the workshop. Well, my dear, it gets very it gets very complicated. You see, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi here, he's believed to be dead. If anyone was to find out where Mr. Moto Hirokoshi was, there would be lots of bad men, bad people after him. Why is why is he why do people want him? What's so special about him? I mean, you can carry on asking me if you want, but this gentleman is right here next to you who could probably answer all the questions that you have. Mm, fine. Well, nice to talk to you, Lindu. <laughs> I'm just a bit confused as seeing you and your froth pump again <laughs> after we've come all this way from Iliad. Uh, yeah, I think I need to lie down. Anyway, um, Ark, Titus, question this gentleman why I uh, just has, I don't know, stare in space a bit. Has my sword kind of come back with me? Like, just so you know, like, because I, I used yeah, it to... Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. You pulled the drain cover off. It got it got loose and it shut down the um, drainage hole with you. You have it on your person. Cool. That's another question, actually, real quick. Where's the rest of the water go? Did it sort of seep through something? Yeah, mm. so the water came through the drainage cover. So it's essentially, you look back and you see where you've come from, which is a, a drainage pipe that stuck out into the room. And then that water kind of cascades to the back of the room into another drainage hole right. um a bit a bit like a a bit like a waterfall that's got kind of like a reservoir where it goes back to so you layers. guys fell out the drainage hole exactly you guys fell out of the drainage hole onto the cave floor okay cool um can i so i i guess like he's kind of in the center of the this room that's been kind of wrecked by us leveling up um yes can i walk around the side of the room uh just want to get like uh, a different kind of view, a different angle on everything that's going on. And I don't want us all to be standing in like one place. Um, so I'm just going to have a, a kind of walk around to maybe like the left side of the room. Okay. You head over to the left side of the room near where this um, huge computer console is. So you see all the screens, you see various um, bits of information about different planets and information that you see on there detailing about galactic gates as well as the 24-hour news feed that's playing on a smaller screen 
So I, I speak Aracochran and Aaron. So in the last kind of event when we were talking to, to Lintu, I kind of understood what was being said. Also, we haven't said it yet. We haven't said the oh, one thing we, we wanted said to say. It. Can we, uh, if yeah. we go, if we go one, two, three, go, let's all say it together. Yep. Can we do like a little funny anime punch in the air as we do it? <laughs> okay. Are we ready? I think this, uh, just for the listeners at home, I think this is something that's been agreed on a WhatsApp group that I'm not a part of. So I cannot wait to hear this. It's also a really rare, obscure reference that I don't know if anyone's going to get. Okay. But, hey. Oh, come on. If, if, you, if you had like... <laughs> I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. No, but, no, no. Uh, I think that's fair. Okay. I think that's actually, okay, no, I think you're I'll right. T- I think you're right. I tell you what, I'll count you guys in you. and then you go for it. Yeah. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go after three. Okay. So it's gonna be one, two, three, go. Then we yes. go. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Right. This is great podcasting, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> I'd like to point one. out I've completely forgotten what this is. So <laughs> Oh well. Okay then. You're, you're, you will kick yourself, Adam. When you, you will kick yourself. You're gonna, you're gonna wait. You, Adam, go. think about it. Adam, really think about think it. We're just meeting him for the first time. Think come on. about it. Come on. Oh come God, on this train. of course. Yes. Get on this Sorry. Train. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Head <laughs> yeah, in the fucking game. Come on. This, this is this is great. I know what's going to happen, and I'm still going to piss myself. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, Hello <laughs> I don't know how that's going to sound with the delay on everyone's headphones. <laughs> Jamie might have to try and marry those up a little bit in post. <laughs> with a little bit of lag. But it still sounded what, beautiful. <laughs> what an edit this is going to be. Um, <laughs> you see Mr. Moto Hirokoshi um, smiling at you all and kind of uh, t- tipping his head towards you all and goes, Hello, everybody. <laughs> Ours is better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I'm. Ark's a dick. This is fine. Me saying this, so I'm just gonna look at Mister Mister Moto Hirokoshi and just go. Um, so, do you care to explain why your life is more important than Madame Madonna's? Sure, oh. we're all thinking it. We're all thinking it, hun. Mm. Ark has no charisma, so this is very much in character. <laughs> Neither is Zach, to be fair. <laughs> no tact. Um, you see, you see the smile fade away on Mr. Moto Hirokoshi's face, and rightly so. Um, and he sighs, and he turns towards you, Ark, and he says, "No one's life." is any more precious than mine and mine isn't as precious as anybody else's. This is just the cycle of life that we're having to go through. This is part of what the prophecy foretold. I had no, I had no interest in seeing that Madame Mordana pass on to the next place, wherever they might be, when we go in this world. So, Ark, I share your, I share your anger as somebody who wouldn't want this to happen to anybody. But everything from the prophecy that has been foretold has come to pass, whether I inserted myself into the situation or not. 
it was a beautiful ceremony that you put on for her, and she will always be remembered. I mean, I guess there is something bigger in this in this whole situation, and this prophecy, whatever it is you speak of, is obviously very important. But did you could you not have just like fucked with us? Like, why would you have <laughs> us running your errand and trying to get you to hook up with? Madame Modana, God rest her soul. Why was all that a thing? You could have just... Why are you in hiding? Who's after you? Right before the travel ban, all those years ago, tensions were high between nations. Natural resources were being mined at an astronomical rate. The governments were at each other's throats because of it. I mean... Conflicts of control were happening all over the solar system. Civil wars were an everyday occurrence. An intelligent ship I was on was struck down and sunk during a conflict in the Aegean Ocean. I used the opportunity to slip away and leave the Parlations and seek a new way of righting the wrongs that a group I had started had enforced upon the world. I'm in hiding because if I come out of hiding, the prophecy might not be foretold and come to pass. Which which group? Which group did you did you were you a part of making? The Parlations, my dear. Have you heard of them? No. That's good, in a way. Um I was the leader of a of the once thriving organization called the Parlations. It was a secret organization made up of six intelligence specialists who sought to keep authoritarian governments in check and bring justice to the people of Parley. It was a it wasn't a political party. It was an organization to help right the wrongs that were being done to everybody within the world, the unjust wrongs of various governments and other organisations. Doesn't sound like much to run away from. Sounds like you guys were the good guys. So why mm. the shame? Haven't they changed their name? Captain Ark, you, you make a very good point. They have changed their name. And I think you know what they're called now. The Undead Loyalists. Oh my god. So, Correct. Right, okay. So, how many others were there in this group? The Parlations, originally? Originally in the Parlations, there were six of us. There was myself, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi, mm -hmm. um, and we all went by various code names. Um, I was Grey Cat. There was um, Idu Ra, codenamed Dead Dragon. There was Albert Amor, codenamed Fennec Fox. Now this is where it gets slightly tricky. Not all of the Parlations had ever met in person. It was a secret organisation. We had to communicate through various scrying letters and 
other ways of keeping ourselves away from the public eye. So some of the names of the other three members of the Parlations I've never come to know. But their code names included Winter Wolf, mm. a, a man who, from my intelligence, was a minor or some kind of celebrity in the past. So went by various code names from time to time, but Winter Wolf was the, the main code name he went by, but he also went on occasion by Storm Warrior. So the fox, the dragon, the cat, the wolf, were those the animals we saw in the cave, guys? Wasn't there a, a, like a, uh, a, a songbird of some kind? Cardinal bird. A cardinal yeah. bird. Ah, yes. The other two, the code names for Red Cardinal and Songbird. Again, never found out their real government names. But those are the code names that we all went by within the Parlations. When did the. So the Parlations did good things, effectively. You guys were responsible for stopping, you know, injustice and. You know, holding back authoritarian rule. When did the undead loyalists come about, and how did that change the group? You, you see, you see, Mister Moto Hirokoshi sigh and kind of bow his head as he's disappointed in his own previous history and the fact that he couldn't make the Parlations work. And he turns to Yuzakaya and he says. Years before the conflict, other members of the Parlations started to get ideas about using our power to help themselves. The group started to pivot from protecting the citizens of Parley to using their power and reach to influence economies for themselves. A, it's a situation I had not foreseen, but one that I wanted no part of. Since I disappeared, the, the group renamed themselves and were hell-bent on influencing the world through evil means. I mean, golly, how long ago would this have been? No more than five years ago at most? Around the time of the travel ban, I believe. So that's why you're on the run and you're in hiding. You think they're going to come for you if they realize you're alive? I, Zakir, I had to slip away. The organization was becoming an organization that just wanted, just wanted from the world what it could get for themselves. I started the group to, to write justices, to to help economies thrive, to give the poorest of the poor a life to leave, a, a life to look forward to and to live and love and laugh. <laughs> Sorry. Can we see that's on his cave? Live, love, laugh is just on the top <laughs> love, of his love. cave. <laughs> in, in oh, the oh, you, look just, you look just above the computer console and in very dim neon light, like a custom neon light that he's had made. Oh it God. just says, live, love, 
laugh. And then is it like one of those little hanging signs like, in this house, we love froth oh, pumps, for... uh, jungle birds. Uh, and wine. Like... It's wine o'clock, yeah, girls. Wine o'clock, Disney movies. <laughs> don't oh don't my talk God. to me until I've had my first froth pump of the day. <laughs> yeah. Shall I just like turn to Ark and be like, I think he's a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, wait a second. I've got I've I've got some questions here that I uh, I'm gonna be, be asking now. So let's not forget the undead loyalists put a bounty on our head. What was it like? Forty thousand alive, twenty thousand dead. Right? You're telling me now the undead loyalists are formed from the people you used to know, Moto, and one of them. Let me get this straight. You knew, you know who he was, but you knew him as the Winter Wolf, a.k.a. Storm Warrior, right? Yes, I believe that's correct. Um, most of the time went by the, the moniker of Winter Wolf, but depending on the situation that he was in when he was contacting us would go via the moniker of Storm Warrior. And you probably only could speak to him like this because he was... What, let's say, on another planet, possibly? Yes, abs- absolutely. No, t- Titus, you're 100% correct. All of the all of the Parlations were... We were never situated within the same planet as each other. And even if we were, it was continents apart. It's just... My... My dad died recently. Um... And he was back on my home planet, part of a, a wrestling tag team with his brother, my uncle, called the the Caligari Connection. And that was my dad making fearless shot Caligari. And my uncle, which now casts a whole new light on things, naked Storm Warrior Caligari. Oh! <gasps> Are you are you telling me that not only is potentially my uncle involved with the undead loyalists, but I mean, not to get carried away, but he, he, my father died at the age of fifty-seven. That's that's no age for him, and he'd never exhibited anything that would would, would make us concerned. Do you think that my, my uncle could have been involved in in one whatever happened to him, Titus? I. Wish I had concrete answers for you. But at this moment in time, I can't answer that truthfully. Not even truthfully. I can't, I can't answer it with any concrete intelligence behind it. I mean, Storm Warrior, sure. There's a connection there. In name alone, but there's... There's no hard proof right now but it could be anything. We, we do have a little bit of proof, though, don't we? That I Sorry? saw. What, what kind of proof? What do you mean? I thought Titus's dad just... We don't know how he died, right? Um, Might have, might have seen. <laughs> <laughs> what are you might getting have... at? No, you're, you're right. You're right, yeah. There's something That's you're not telling me. Right. Come on. What, did you, what do you guys know? Mm-hmm. Titus, do you uh, know anything? 
Okay, we didn't we didn't want you to freak out, uh, but uh, we did see. Well, I saw um, feel a shot with just like being marked by a mind shadow, and I kind of thought it was the mind shadows controlling him, but it might be the other way around. So the uncle might have used the mind shadows. Oh my god. Yeah, I need to sit down. I need to sit down. There's something very necrotic about um no offense to your to your uncle, uh, but there's something very, very necrotic going on with with him. When I had the, the vision and, and, and was you know, and you remember when I got the news and I uh, went outside and I well, let's just say took it out on a tree. My emotions, this vision of of my family, and then there was this image of my uncle, which was then subsequently enveloped by mind shadows. This would make sense of everything we've just talked about. He, he's, if he's not involved with, he's at least influenced by or has some connection to these mind shadows that we keep encountering. Do the undead loyalists? work with the mind shadows do they control them how is that can you can you answer more on the mind shadows moto mr moto hirokoshi looks towards all of you ark you're still by the computer correct yeah and he turns to you titus and he says do you remember your heroic attempt to save your friends by jumping from the exploding facility into the Ugean Ocean? Yeah. It was one of the first things that really made me feel like we were together as a unit. Do you all remember Planewalker reaching out mm. to bite you one last time as you fell from that facility and instead bit its own tail? Do you remember that? How could we forget? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the the blue electrical storm that you all fell through that erupted from the pierced tail of Planewalker, the one that you just experienced as you entered this room? Do you remember the origin of that? Blue Arcane. Mm. Mm. Let's just say, with your natural disposition toward Petrosolidus, and that concentration of blue arcane, you're correcting your assumption there, Captain Ark. The process of your power levels increasing has exponentially sped up. Now this all seems kind of out of context, but it's it's much it's it's part of a much bigger story. The scientific discovery of synthetic magic has brought a new age to fruition, meaning that we rely now less and less on petrosolidus and more so on synthetic energy to power our everyday lives. Synthetic magic brought about a technological revolution that means every item in your home is now created and powered at a much lower cost than before with petrosolidus. Discoveries like this have changed the worlds we live in, brought food, water and healthcare to third world countries, but 
with every discovery comes experimentation and political and militarised applications. It's during this discovery's experimentation that members of the undead loyalists created devices known as manipulators, instruments of doom that ingest Petrosolidus and use its natural magical properties to manipulate minds of humanoids all over the solar system. You've all experienced the horrors of mind shadows, correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There might be one upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Just banging on the drain. Yeah, I don't mind that. That's the undead loyalists using the manipulators along with Petrosolidus to invade your minds and influence your actions. It's the same process they use to manipulate the minds of governments and authorities to bring the world into chaos that it's in today. That's why you're all here. Together. The Bear, Zakaya, reinforced by Iron, Titus, and protected by the Storm, Ark, will smite the undead loyalists and restore Petrosolidus. I have to... I have to be sure. I have to make sure that this prophecy comes to... comes to pass. How have you... How do you know this This is this prophecy is, is real? What's your sources? How did you find out about this prophecy? Ark, I believe you have a tome with you. Yep, I'll, I'll get out uh, uh, prophesizing the prophecies. This was the very tome that I found when I slipped away from the sinking ship, when I recruited various mixed-race humanoids to start the town of Iliad. This was the very book that led me to the prophecy. This was the book that opened my eyes to what was going on in the world and how we could stop it, how we could stop the evil and restore what was right. Oh. Look, I understand that you you might see some of my actions and some of the deaths of various people you've been along the way with. And unfortunately, it's an unfortunate necessity to bring about change within the world. You three are part of a much bigger picture. Man, this is a lot to take in. So Just a quick question. We're all a part of a bigger picture. Is Squiddy part of that big picture? <laughs> yeah. Can we look to the index of the prophesizing the prophecies and look for under S Squiddy? <laughs> I'm too I'm too scared to look at Z for Zager. <laughs> oh, I'd like to meet that Zager. Um, we all hate. Lakeland Everybody hates Lakeland Zager. A new comedy on CBS. Um, <laughs> Actually, everyone hates Lakeland does really sound like a CBS comedy, doesn't it? <laughs> Everybody hates Lakeland. Lakeland. <laughs> um, <laughs> Moto Hirokoshi looks towards you, Titus, and says, and he, you see this massive grin, this huge smile come across his face. And he just says, 
Squiddy was wonderful, wasn't he? He is wonderful, yeah. Yes, he was wonderful, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was. he was then. He was then. He still is now. And you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God one of the undead loyalists wasn't like, big squid. Or we'd all be like, oh no. Son of a bitch. We'd be like, no, it can't be him because he's an octopus. We'd be like, no, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not <laughs> he was just unfortunately named. <laughs> so Kaya, do you, do you have a question? I want to know about your your death because they you said that they believe you're dead, the pe- the bad men, the people who, or at least Lintu kind of you know briefly explained that you're there are people after you. So what do the the undead loyalists think you're dead, right? They do. How like do they know what happened to you? What do they think happened to you? Let me guess. Before you say this, let me guess. Right. Was it something bike related? Did you have a motorcycle accident? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Seriously, don't tell us how you face your own death. First one of the episode. Uh, I yes. don't know. Did we have did we have any wows in the last episode? I'm not sure we did. Possessed. There was there was no wows last. No, episode, there were no wows. We didn't. We had, to, we I'm started, sure we had one. We no, we didn't start really? 2022 with any wows. We've waited until this one. We've we've oh kept people God. suckling at the teat of wows to get what they deserve. <laughs> well, there's the, there's the title of the episode right there. Well, there we are. We're back, baby. Suckling at the teat of wows. Welcome to 2022, everybody. <laughs> um, so, Zakaya, just to confirm what your question is to Mr. Moto Hirokoshi, mm. you're asking him how he slipped away? Yeah, why do they think he's dead, basically? Did he fake his death? Because that's kind of, you know, either he they think he slipped away and they don't know where he is or they think he's dead. So why do they think he's dead? They believe that my they believe that my passing happened because I was on a solar naval battle cruiser during a conflict between the solar navy and the merfolk 5 years ago. During the conflict during the specific battle where the battle cruiser went down with all the with all the chaos going on in the parlations i saw no other way to try to disband the group than to slip away and start something new i couldn't i could no longer influence the group any more from within so i thought that as soon as the battle cruiser went down, it was my chance to skip away and restart. To find something that would bring an end to this monster that I had started to create. Right. Okay. So the other members. I mean, oh, sorry. I mean, also, I mean, you know from Iliad that I'm very good at making bombs. So mm. it was quite easy to attach bombs to a battle cruiser, sink the ship, and slip away unnoticed. Yeah, I'll say. Mm. Okay, so they think they think you're on that battle cruiser. They think you're dead. 
So you're just laying low in Iliad the whole time? That's correct. I must also I must also preface this by saying that you you three are we live in a world where synthetic magic is the norm. Most most people and everybody with throughout the solar system has a tiny speck of magic with inside them, a tiny bit of petrosolidus, as it were, or blue arcane. I am not one of those gifted magical beings. I am a mere mortal who uses the technology that I create or have to get by. I was just going to say, it seems like the Undead Loyalists are doing that too, because if they're using these manipulators to use the Mind Shadows, then the Mind Shadows themselves aren't actually real. It's all the power of these machines. I would like to say... I would really like to confirm your suspicions. But I have a feeling that in the last five years or so that the manipulators have grown stronger than when they first built them. That they now, instead of just being able to manifest mind shadows within your nightmares, they can manifest them outside of the mind. Hmm. That's just our luck, huh? While this is going on, uh, can I just have a look around for a galactic gate? I know there's like a computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Let's have a look. Can mm. I see it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roll, roll an investigation check. Uh, that's 11. 11? Yeah. Okay. You're by the computer um, and you see various blueprints up on some screens for a galactic gate. You see this kind of graphic that, kind of like a gear for a graphic that keeps on moving as to piece this circular galactic gate together to get it up and running. Cool. So can I... Um, can I go to uh, Moto and just go... Um, I see that you're putting together a galactic gate or you've put one together. I'm in the process of putting one together, yes. How long till it's operational? Hmm... Well, if you hadn't shown up when you'd shown up, maybe it would be done by now, but that's no fault of your own. I wanted you, all three of you, to get here as soon as possible. Um, I'm merely right now working on the circuitry for the Galactic Gate itself. Um, maybe two to three hours. Can I ask Mr. Motohirokoshi one more question? I realise Zach is full of full of questions. This is all very new <laughs> to her. Um, can I just say, you mentioned when we had the moment with the Blue Arcane after Planewalker um, bit its own tail and we escaped from the facility. Because we let out that big burst of Blue Arcane, is that why the undead loyalists are after us? Did that tip them off? Do they know that we are... Do they know if... I guess they know of this prophecy too, don't they? They know of the prophecy. 
Right. But uh, but honestly, if anybody sneaks into a, a secret underground base and blows up some of their militarized weapons that they're cooking up, I mean, mm. anybody's going to come running and try and find out who was who is responsible. I mean, you you had a face to face encounter with Planewalker, didn't you? Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather not think about that um, right now. But um. Okay, so they're they're after us now. How do we restore Petrosolidus? Do you know? Mm. The prophecy itself speaks of the manipulators. It's the manipulators themselves, these technologically advanced, mechanical, engineered pieces of equipment that grasp the natural, insidious rock known as Petrosolidus and extract energy from it. In doing so to extract the energy, it's then the manipulation of other instruments created within, in, created by synthetic magic that manipulates the energy within and turns it into mind shadows. It connects deep into the minds of everybody who has this speck of Petrosolidus. People who... Everybody has Petrosolidus within them, but if you manipulate the, the natural energy that the, the solar system is created of, you manipulate specific minds at your own will. Destroying the manipulators is the key. If you destroy Petrosolidus... You destroy the solar system. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I figured that was the case. Like they're, they're farming. They're, they're pulling away at, at petrosolidus, aren't they? These machines. So we need to stop them from draining it, and then that will bring it back, and you know the lifeblood of everything will be safe. Let's hope. Lifeblood of magic will be will be safe. When I was looking after Plane Walker, so when I when I was working with Plane Walker. Do I remember? Did did the plane walker go mining, or was this is there some bits of like my experience with the plane walker that I didn't see? So, what happened there? Ark, your experience with plane walker is mostly that of making sure that the plane walker was operational. So you had lots of other people from your platoon, from your unit, working on plane walker. But in the time that you used it, you would have had to use synthetic magic to get it up and running. And I, and I, I would know that that was mined from the planet, or would I, would I not know that? You, you would definitely know that synthetic magic is... Synthetic magic is mined from the planet, but it's not the same as Petrosolidus or Blue Arcane. Okay. So Petrosolidus is the solid igneous rock in its raw form, and Blue Arcane is the liquid form of Petrosolidus. So the plane walker that you saw in the facility had Blue Arcane in it. You saw the pulsing battery life on the back of it. You saw these pumps going into it, feeding it all this Blue Arcane energy. But the plane walker that you dealt with would have used synthetic magic. So... If Ark was as powerful as he is now, he could have 
struck lightning against this plane walker and brought it to light. It's almost like reanimating something. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's no, good to know how the differences between because you a minute ago you said insidious rock. <laughs> Did you mean igneous? Igneous is what I meant, not insidious rock. That's okay because <laughs> when you listen to it back, you'll hear what I mean. But I was like, an evil rock. An um, evil rock. <laughs> okay, so so the rock is is petrosolidus. The source, blue arcane, is the is the um the liquid form that comes from petrosolidus. Yes, my dear, that's correct. So why the galactic gate? Why are you building that? Well, I need to get my new crack team of militia to and from planets to destroy the manipulators. And guess who that team is? Who's that? Yeah, when are they showing up? <laughs> Leighton Zager, Squiddy. Squiddy. Ghost Madame Modana. That's what it is. Eric and Schmorgenhausen. Eric and Schmorgenhausen. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Can you imagine? I would. I. I would. Wouldn't even might be mad. I'd just be like, "Sure, guys, go for it." Campaign over. Erican's on the. Uh, Erican's in the campaign now. Um, no, Mister Moto Hirokoshi turns to you all and and says, "You're my crack team of specialists. Your your power levels exceed that of nine thousand. If I can put it in layman's terms, a, a normal humanoid from the planet of Azul might have." Tiny specks of petrosolidus with inside them, blue arcane that only registers as maybe five or ten on the scale. Your scales are off the charts. Your your magical power is therefore... You have this natural ability within you that has been sped up by the blue arcane you encountered falling from the facility. And along with the prophecy, you're the perfect you're the perfect team of specialists to go and take on the undead loyalists anybody else need a drink <laughs> so basically it was a black uh, about a read right now yep me too oh. moto does look around all of you and just says look i know you've had an incredibly tiring journey getting here and i'm i'm sorry that i couldn't just reach out to you and get you here but if i was found the prophecy would have been over, and life as we know it would not exist within the next few years. Please, come this way. And he ushers you all into kind of like a living quarters. You see bunk beds, you see like a kitchenette area, you see drinks aplenty and food. And Mr. Moto Hirokoshi turns to you all and says, please treat this as your, your new home your new place of operations, your new HQ, as it were. We've got a lot of work to do. I claim top bunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I claim bottom. Ark, you look like you want you have a question or are thinking some thoughts. <laughs> <clears throat> Ark is kind of a bit sick of this shit and mm. wants, um, wants to help build that galactic gate get that one up and running so yeah i think he's just gonna go to wait again if i say this it does mean that like you can't ask any more questions for a couple of hours because i'm just gonna take him and help him build a blooming gate so any other questions before i uh offer to help him build this bloody gate my last question is just where are these manipulators do you know where they are on each planet yeah they're all situated within capital cities um, 
Some are under guard by the undead loyalists themselves, who, for many of them, are people within power, who have an army underneath them, who have people who work for them to keep the manipulators safe and secret from the rest of the world so they can wreak havoc from the shadows. My intelligence suggests that there's at least five of them that we must go and destroy. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and uh, lie down and process a little bit. Sakai so walks over to the bottom bunk bed and lies down. I mean, you see within this room, Sakai, there's there's a kitchenette, there's like a TV, there's entertainment. There's like this has been built from the ground up from scratch to keep you guys incredibly comfortable um so yeah you you slip into this bottom part of the bunk and it's it's already warm like it's like there's an electric blanket all over it it's it's there to it's a room and a place to be at your beck and call and keep you safe and feel secure you don't look around this room and feel like there's any ill will or harm that's going to come to you when you're in it I think Titus wants to just sort of have a lie down and a chill out, but with all this information he's just discovered, he he can't. He's just pacing back and forth and volunteers to be the muscle in building this galactic gate. He doesn't really understand what the process is, but if he needs big stuff lifting into place, then he's your man. Ark is going to fire up the the mending cantrip in his hands and... um... Just turn to Moto and just go, um, do you need an extra pair of hands to put this uh, gate together? Absolutely, Ark. Brilliant job. Let's go. Let's get this galactic gate built. Ark, could you read Mending for me out loud? This spell repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, or a leaking wineskin. As long as the break or tear is no larger than one foot in any dimension, uh, you mend it leaving no trace of the former damage. This spell can physically repair a magic item or construct, but the spell can't restore magic to such an object. Okay. Um, So mending isn't just going to fix the galactic gate, although it is an object that was built previously, so there is a way to mend it. So you can absolutely use mending to to reassemble various bits, you know, the, the smaller bits within this galactic gate. Yeah, I'm thinking of like spending a good a good chunk of time just very gradually maybe kind of like I don't know what it's made of. Is it are we thinking is a galactic gate like uh, like Stargate? 100%. Lovely, right. So I could just like maybe like fraction by fraction kind of millimeter by millimeter just kind of repair metal kind of thing, like a very slow process but just help put it back together if I can. Yeah, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi turns to you and says, Great, you're my welder. And you set about, in fact, even before you set about, um, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi goes over to the computer and he says to Ark and Titus, Now, step back. The floor's going to open up and you don't want to fall into the gears. I've done it before. It's terribly hurtful. Um, he pushes a button. You see the floor start to spin and the disc that's been sealed in the floor starts to pull apart um, and you see winding up through the floor of this cave 
this galactic gate, which is not finished by any stretch of the imagination. There are cracks all over it. There are huge chunks of rock that have not been slotted into place. But this huge metal disc with this galactic gate in it rotates up. You see that the the disc stops. You hear the cogs turn and and like lock into place. And he turns to you both and he says, So, what do you think? I'm gonna shout to Zach, go, Zach, there's cool stuff happening. Zach <laughs> <laughs> Zach's um Zach's not gonna gonna reply. She's just uh She's kind of just slumped on the bed in a bit of a bit of a bit of a bad place. She's just flicking through the TV channels. Yeah, Zach, what is um what is going through your mind as you sit on the bottom bunk? Maybe you're sat, maybe you're on the bed, but hunkered up to the back of it with your, you know, your knees up by your chest with your face. I mean, what's what's going on in your head what are you what are you tackling at the moment in your brain so zach feels incredibly overwhelmed because she only met these people what is it like 10 days ago <laughs> and yeah. she's been on her own for a few years now since her parents since the fire since everything happened and she lost her her home and her home planet all she's really done is travel from she was only really on Een. she managed to um the reason that we're, she's now um, on this planet is because she managed to stow away um, on a space cruiser. And she's really just been solo, fending for herself, having to um, steal and, and sort of really just commune with animals rather than people. Um, she obviously got into trouble and that's why she ended up uh, in prison at the start of the of the um, the D&D campaign because she saw someone kicking a dog and she was like, not on my watch. Um, but generally her, her life has been very, very solitary for the last few years. And she didn't believe that she had any greater purpose. Um, she's always had it in the back of her head that she would try and find out what happened to her parents and what the big lizard was. But she'd also really repressed a lot of that and was kind of just living from moment to moment, almost like an animal, just instinctually, you know, must eat, must sleep, must survive. So to have this higher purpose, this amount of pressure on her, um, feels really scary for her because she's like, oh God, I've just met these humans. Can I trust them? Um, suddenly I'm like one of a three um, being asked to take on this mammoth task. And in the back of her head, she can hear the whispery voice from her dream, the one that kept saying, it's in the caves, Akaya. It's in the caves. So she's thinking about that as well and how it all ties together. Archentitus, Mr. Moto Hirokoshi sets you both about putting this galactic gate together. You turn your head to the left and you see on the computer this kind of like flat pack IKEA furniture, <laughs> like put, to, put together manual for a um, for a galactic gate. Um, <laughs> Ark, you're handling all the welding that's going on near the bottom. And Titus, you see like around the galactic gate, bearing in mind this galactic gate is like 20 feet tall. There's like scaffolding and a and a crank a, a crank crane that you can use to move stuff into place. Mr. Moto Hirokoshi shows you where the last heavy segments of these rocks are that are due to fit together on this galactic gate. And he says, 
It was a bloody nightmare putting this together by myself. It's taken me absolutely years. Now I've actually got some help. This is this is marvellous. I, I cannot wait to get this thing going. The only thing I've got to do is carry on working on the electrics. Um, are you both okay to start putting this together? With the flat pack instructions, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You both, you both look at each other as if you've been asked to complete an absolutely impossible task. Which, hey, you're building a galactic gate. But, Ark, you've got the knowledge of the tome in front of you. You have these flat pack furniture um, instructions, which have clearly been cobbled together by Mr. Hirokoshi from what he's seen from the tome. Um, but he leaves, you, he leaves you both to carry on. Um, and he walks towards the living quarters where Zakaira is. What am I? What am I seeing on the TV, Ollie? As I'm going through the channels. <laughs> you're you're uh, you're seeing the the hit gnomish drama Gnome Way, um, <laughs> which is which is a galactically distributed uh, drama, kind of like. Mm. Let's see if I can make this an international re- I can't make it an international reference. I'm going to say EastEnders. <laughs> to all the UK listeners, everybody knows what EastEnders is. It's one of the biggest soaps in the country. Um, but yeah, N- Gnome Way, the uh, televised soap and drama that's on the TV. Uh, I'll just, uh, I don't think I've got a to- toothpick in. So I'll instead, where there would be a toothpick, replace that with an Allen key and uh, get to... Get to hoying these big bits into place using the uh, crank crane or whatever it may be. Just just chucking stuff about, basically. That's usually how, how I go about flatback furniture. Will this fit in there? We'll soon find out. <laughs> round peg in a square hole or square peg in a Indeed. round hole, all that kind of stuff, yeah. I think Ark is, is going to be helping, so he's going to be flying around. Um, like, just making, before he starts to weld it in place... Very much like is that is that part C that we've got there? Is it the white right way round? Uh, then I'll just like help and and get it all into place. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna take a few hours at this point to to put this galactic gate together, but it will be quicker now that all three of you have you know showed up because before it was taking Moto Hirokoshi an absolute age to put this together on his own, especially being the unmagical being that he is it was him and a bird in a cave putting a galactic gate together um but zakaya you hear you hear the familiar kind of jingle and jingle jangle of a like a like a coffee tray like a cups on a tray that you know brenner would bring you of like hot forest tea and you see that it's Mr. Hirokoshi who walks in and sees you on the bunk bed. And he sets the tea down on a coffee table. And he smiles at you and he just says, tea? Zach's going to sort of slowly turn her head to look at him and sort of look <laughs> from him down to the tea. And then back up to him and go, sure. You see Mr. Hirokoshi smile and he says, there's biscuits too. 
Ooh. Oh, I do like me some biscuits. Um, okay, sure. So I, I grab a cup, um, and then sort of have a big, big, big sip. The kind where you inhale all the warmth and the flavor in the cup. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, you, you, you dunk your biscuit in the tea. Uh, you nibble on some biscuits. Mr. Hirokoshi does the same. Just kind of, he's not sat on the bed next to you. He's sat on a chair, maybe five, ten feet away from you. But he's just looking at you and he's smiling, but he's concerned. Um, and he simply turns to you and, and just says, I know this is a lot to, it's a lot all at once, I understand. But I'm hoping that through all of this, through righting the wrongs of my mistakes, we can right the world. And I know that's a big job for a, a young, half-elvish woman. How do you know it's definitely me? Mr. Moto Hirokoshi takes a sip of his tea and almost laughs through drinking the tea in. <laughs> and he says, my dear, there are not many half-elvish women on the planet of Een, let me tell you. You are but a population of one. How could it not be you? I just feel so intense. I, I can't. What if you've got the wrong person? You know, what if what if all this is is just made up and the three of us are just three normal people who happen to be, you know, caught up in all this bullshit? What if it's what if it doesn't come to pass, the prophecy? We're all normal people, Zakaya. You, me, Ark, Titus, everyone down in Il Iliad. Everyone down in the port town of Uji, everyone on the planet of Ole, we're all normal people. But it's what you do with your life that makes you exceptional. And let me tell you, with a life that you could live, you could make it as exceptional as you wanted to. Zach sort of like looks at him and sort of like, smiles quite faintly and she just goes you got any more biscuits of course there's a whole tin in the cupboard let me i never have anybody to eat biscuits and drink tea with let me get them and you see him like just bound over to the kitchen and grab a bigger tin of biscuits and he says i don't know why i keep these ones up. i'm the only person here and just like opens the tin and starts shelling them out on the table custard creams bourbons oh, custard creams are my favorites what's your favorite biscuit within this fantasy D, &D campaign takaya <laughs> <laughs> i do like a gingerbread gnome if i may say if i may be so bold oh, but ginger. i Good choice. GG's. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll take a bourbon any day of the week. So I'll grab that. Hey, Monte. You... Oh, go on. No, no, please, you go. I was going to say, uh, so I don't, don't want biscuit in my tea. Have a little nibble. Um, hey, Moto. Yes, my dear. 
You remind me of my mom. He, uh, he nods and he smiles. And then he kind of tilts his head to the side for a second and is a bit puzzled. And he says, what an interesting concept. Um, what, what makes you say that? I don't know. Maybe it's the biscuits, eh? I think it's the biscuits and the tea trolley and the kind of, you know, caring vibe. I don't know. Forget I said anything. Wouldn't be an old man if I wasn't wheeling around a tin of biscuits and some tea now, would I? <laughs> no, I suppose not. Ark feels attacked by that comment. <laughs> <laughs> we cut over to Ark and Titus, bearing in mind that Moto, Hirokoshi, and Zakaira have been maybe talking and conversating for about an hour. Um, and you guys have done a fantastic job of putting this thing together. Um, Titus has cranked all of these huge boulders into place, lowered them in. Ark is doing a, like, without rolling sleight of hand checks, you're doing an incredible job of welding this galactic gate together. You've clearly, in the time that you've read the tome and looking at these instructions, read the instructions correctly and are doing a fine job of putting it together. You look at what you've got left to do, and there's maybe only 10 or 15 minutes until you've finished the last bit of the weld. You notice that through all of the instructions that there are some bits of circuitry that need um, making rather than mending. Um, a galactic gate arc in your, uh, from your tome, you'd know that no, uh, no synthetic magic would have been needed to make this because it would have run off of petrosolidus um but you notice that within the blueprints there are circuits that you can see over by moto's like smash desk that he's been working on so you think maybe if he was to finish those off the galactic gate would be finished itself cool what can i go to to titus as we're we're kind of finishing off the gate and just go so the plan are we doing are we going to Ian first uh i mean i suppose we we should just take moto moto's advice and, and see where where he thinks we should go first it, it depends obviously where they're located like you said he seems to suggest they're all over the place i obviously want to get to ole and uh see my my mother and I know what on earth's going on with my uncle, but look, we're going to have to go everywhere anyway. Uh, and I said before, look, my, my mother's a strong woman. Uh, I'm desperate to find out what's going on with my uncle. But, but we've got a bigger, bigger task at hand here than my petty family squabbles. So wherever you think is the right place to go. I'm going to smash some shit up. I don't need any more encouragement right now. I'm loving this, guys. Every Everyone loves it. Like, everyone loves a prophecy, Titus. Like, they're, you know, they're great. You know, they're great for books, great for kids' stories and stuff like that. But, you know, we we have things we need to do. You need to get back home and see what's happening with your uncle. Uh, I need to get back home and help my family look i 
think in this in this moment, Titus recognizes that you know Ark's kind of got a few years on him here, and uh, his clock's running running late. So I think he turns to him and says, "Look, I, I set off on this journey to prove something to to someone and to to prove something to myself. If I can." Uh, have a hero's return to my planet or or conclude things there look man I know you and Zach have, have had this relationship and, and you know there's some stuff that both of you don't want to tell me and that's that's fine but we're going to finish this together and we're going to get you back to your family you are so obsessed with being a hero and so blinded by that that you don't see that you're already that hero. You've saved our lives so many times. Sure, you didn't give me a health potion. Sure. But apart from that, you've saved us so many times. Like we like you could go back to you can go back home right now and say that you obliterated a solid navy base. You can say that you saved a whole community. You're a hero, Titus. Oh, that 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 means a lot, especially coming from you. But after what Moto's just told us, if I went back home now to to just sort my own life out and and, and live off past glories, I, I couldn't live with myself. Moto's told us we've got a destiny. By God, we're going to live that out. Let's build this fucking galactic yeah. gate, baby. <laughs> bro hug, bro hug, bro hug. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> you, you guys finish building this galactic gate. The welding is done. All the blocks are part and in place and secured. Um, Zakaya, you see Mr. Hirokoshi leave the room that you're in. And he turns to you and he says, there's a pot of tea on the side if you'd like some more, but feel free to join us whenever you wish. Okay, thank you. And he walks out into the room with Arkans, uh, Arkan Titus, sorry. And he looks up at the galactic gate, this 20-foot galactic gate, and he says, Bloody hell! It's huge! <laughs> well done, chaps! Goodness gracious. Well, I think we should I think we should be able to get that working pretty pronto. Um Ark, excellent job on the welding. You have you have really used that mending spell well before. Um just the just the electronics now, which I'll I'll get to work on immediately. And he goes over and he starts working around his broken desk. Um, he doesn't care that the desk is broken, but he starts working on little circuit boards and putting them and piecing them together. And you see Lintu, his colorful, his multicolored jungle bird is helping him with like soldering little bits of uh, metal onto circuit boards and passing him little bolts and conductors and things like that. And he's just in his own little world, putting these circuits together. I look. I look at my hands because obviously I can. I can mend things and look at the desk. 
and then look at my hands and then I just dispel the spell. You think about it for a second. You yeah. think, oh, it might be nice to mend the desk and you go, nah, I'm a dick. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I've just been doing two hours, right. of, two hours of welding. I think I'll be all right. I think I'll have a lie down. Yeah. My back's probably hurting. Um, <laughs> is, is, is Zach still in the, in the living quarters? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing? Yeah, just uh, watching a bit of Gnome Way with some biscuits and tea. Titus, you're you're good at this stuff. Should we should we see what's wrong with Zach? Does she need some time? I can smell biscuits, so yeah, I think we should go and see her. <laughs> Titus, you haven't had nice cookies or biscuits since oh, the no. Ugean Ski and Leisure Resort. The ones that you were complaining about had disappeared. Mm. So yeah, this this lovely smell of like <laughs> Uh, shortbread and like bit you know when you know when you open the tin of a, of biscuits and it just wafts out mm. you smell oh. that in the cave You're so you are immediately so oh same same i'm starving um but yeah you you smell warm shortbread and and biscuits flow through the uh, the smell flowing through the cave yeah let's 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 go speak to her and hey we we've earned ourselves a, a cup of tea so let's wander in we do that Mm-hmm. As as we go in, do I spot any crumbs on the floor? Because as a bird, I bloody love peck, peck, floor. Peck. Yeah, I love floor, floor crumbs. <laughs> there are Seasoned crumbs everywhere. The there are crumbs oh. everywhere. Just gonna just gonna start pecking at those crumbs. <laughs> for for Ark, who is this older Aracochran gentleman, um, who although has been brought back from the dead, um, had the shrapnel removed from his hip and his knee. You don't see Ark move swiftly unless he's in the air. But in this moment, your bird-like back just arches over and you you peck as if you're a woodpecker at these crumbs, <laughs> getting every single crumb that you can see off the floor, off the table, off the counter. Absolutely. Can I say... <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Can I say, oh. be careful how you eat those. There is a pecking order. Wow! wow! <laughs> we didn't have many wows. I really wanted to try. <laughs> very, very oh. nice. So, Ark, Titus, Sakaya, you are all in these living quarters together. Ark, you have crumbs all around your beak, the ones that you've not managed to slurp back. But yeah, you see Sakaya watching Gnome Way on the TV, just chilling, but thoughtful in her mind. Yeah, Titus is, is making some proper builder's tea going on over here, by the way. <laughs> and he turns he turns to Zach and says, uh, fancy another cuppa? Yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely. Keep the tea coming. This guy's got some great tea. What's uh, What have I missed on, uh, on Gnome Way? So, um, Esmeralda... Uh, is uh-huh. about to break up with Chad. Um, <gasps> but Chad, no. she doesn't realise that Chad actually killed her sister by pushing her down, <gasps> the, by pushing her down the stairs in the previous episode. Um, and also um, Katie and... Uh, I'm trying to think of like more elvish. <laughs> no, no me and names. Just like <laughs> random, random white person names. Um, Katie and Gringo 
I don't know where Gringo came from. Um, I was thinking of like Grimwald, um, you know, like a kind of Gringrots kind of vibe. Gringo. Anyway, Gring, Gringo, hey, Gringo, 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 uh, and um, uh, what's the, what do I even call her? Gringo and Katie. Um, they they're uh, they're having an affair. Everyone knows it, but they don't know that everyone knows that they knows it. Um, oh, and um, Kaida just shouted at Mua. You ain't my mother! <laughs> Classic EastEnders reference there for all our international <laughs> listeners. Go and Google that. Jamie, put it in the show notes. Well <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, not much. So, quite, qu- yeah, quite a dull episode this week. Yeah, there's not, it? I don't okay. know what's going on. I, don't, I think the writers are on strike, man. It's just shit. I don't know what's going on. What uh, what, what biscuits we got? We, we got any, uh, any uh, hobnobs in there? Uh, there's a couple of hobnobs in the bottom of the tin, actually. You are in luck. All right. Yeah. yeah. Get in get in there. We've got bourbons. We've got custard creams. We've got a few hobnobs. And the occasional party ring, I see, has been added in rogue. Ooh. No Jaffa cakes, though. No. Sadly, no Jaffa cakes. Also, this is so funny because, just a little side note, I sent a load of British treats to my friend in America the other day. Oh. Um, and I among those, uh, Alex, hi, if you're listening, because he does listen occasionally. Um, I Hello, had, um, I put party rings and Jaffa cakes in there. And his first observation nice. was like, you guys like orange. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, think, I think it's because I gave him the Jaffa cakes and also a chocolate orange as well. Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, um, we Brits, we love orange. Yeah, no, sadly, no Jaffa cakes. That's sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. They're not a proper biscuit. So I was going to be having words with mm. Moto if he... It's a, it's a cake. It's closing the tile. Yeah, we we, uh, we got chance yeah, to. It's... This is our pad now. Apparently, we got chance to to go to the offie and uh, pick them up. You know. I love I love the states, by the way. But if I couldn't get a proper cup of tea, I'd kill myself. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> well, that was another thing that I sent over. I sent over a little box of Yorkshire tea. And, oh um, my god! One thing that I couldn't yeah. believe they didn't have is frazzles. You know, frazzles, like what? the bacon snack. Bacon, bacon crisps. Yeah. 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 Well, like, everything else is bacon flavoured there, isn't it? They've exactly. got bacon they got, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't believe they didn't have frazzles. Crazy. Getting them for 10p in your local off licence is the best feeling ever. <laughs> uh, right. I plonk down these three, I plonk down these three cups of tea in front of them. And there's just like, it's like, do you want any tea with your sugar? Basically, I think when Titus <laughs> makes it. Nice. Yeah, I take a little sip and I'm like, whoa, okay. Jesus, Titus, thanks. I don't need to sleep tonight. Yeah, no wonder I've got all this energy all the time. <laughs> it's, no, it's no wonder you're backflipping like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the tea, Titus. Um, yeah, I'll dunk a little biscuit in, have a little nibble. So, uh, you good? You've just been uh, building the Galactic Gate. What have you been up to? Yeah, just chatting to Cuda. Uh, Sorry, Moto. I th- All of this is just so perplexing we we didn't know each yeah. other like 10 days ago how balmy is this look when when destiny comes calling you better answer that phone that's what we've done let's do this Zach. we're gonna we're gonna travel the world together travel the planets together and we got this mission and i couldn't think of two better people to do it with than you guys big slurp of tea from tyus <laughs> Thanks, Tyus. That's really sweet. I've I've been on my uh been on my on my own for a long time before this, so I haven't really had people around that not only people that I I trusted, but also people that I liked. So it's a real big real big thing for me, and I'm glad you guys are 
having this strange experience too. So here's to mm. here's to whatever destiny holds. I give him a little uh, cheers of the tea. Ark, what are you doing during this time? Um, I'm probably on the the top bunk, probably looking over to to Kuda to see, sorry to Moto, just to see if he's you know getting on with it, getting stuff done. Um, I'm pretty pretty preoccup- preoccupied with that really. Just the thought of his little beak over the edge, just staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you you see him, you see him working away. You see, Lintu is helping him. You see, he's very focused in putting together the circuitry to help make this galactic gate work. And is there any like any shit lying around? So I, in particular. Would would there happen to be like some powdered components or something like that? Just com- powdered powdered mm. stuff, maybe like some powdered iron, maybe some powdered silver. And they're knocking any diamonds knocking about. Oh my god! <laughs> no, so no, so no diamonds specifically, but in terms of um, like powdered metals and stuff, Kuda's got a bunch of them around him to help solder some of the the wires and the and the circuitry together. So yeah, he's got little pots of powdered metal all around him. Could I fly over to Kuda and uh, I'll just go, oh, Kuda, could, uh, not Kuda, sorry, Moto, um, can I, can I borrow some of these, these like bits of, bit of silver, bit of, bit of iron, that'd be, would be all right if I borrowed, I say borrowed, I just want to take them. Yes, I, I believe if you wanted to take them, I don't think there'd be any, you wouldn't be giving them back to me, so yeah, sure, what, what is it you, that you want them for? Um, magic stuff. Just magic stuff. <laughs> Roll a deception check. Actually, it's honestly, it's magic stuff. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> the way the way you said it, I was like, I think he's trying to deceive me here. So yeah, in no. that case, in that case, then uh, Moto's going to roll an insight check. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. He got he got an eighteen, so he knows exactly what you're all about. Um. So yeah, you you take some powdered metal out of the pots, and he he kind of says, "I've got other um, I've got other vessels that you could keep them in. Um, what do you keep all your components in currently?" I like to think I have a dad bum bag, <laughs> or, yes. or or yes. for the American audience, a fanny pack. A fanny, fanny pack. pack, very nice. Um, um, yeah, yeah, you see, you, you see, Moto. Uh, kind of uh, rifle through the drawers of his broken desk and he gets out these little uh, photography film canisters that are empty but he he siphons some of the the powder into uh, the photography canisters and just hands them over to you and he says yes keep them in keep them in your uh, your fanny pack or bum bag and <laughs> yeah take take whatever take whatever you need um Captain Ark. May I call you Captain Ark? You can just call me Ark. I haven't been a captain for five years. No, neither have I. We'll stick with first names. Cool. We're both mil- we're both military men at this this point in our lives. We used to be. I don't know what it is that you don't seem, but you just don't seem. Do you understand me, Ark? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> no, 
how do I... How do I put this? As I... As I look around the room, as I look around where we are, I see... I see a young half-elvish woman who has all the pressure of the world upon her, and yet she's still finding the time to watch a soap opera and try to come to terms with what's going on. I see a Goliath barbarian, an athlete, who has fallen from such a great height to hopefully one day return to be the victor in whatever destiny he thinks is his destiny. But I can't... I can't put a finger on what it is that you want. I can't tell if... I don't know what it is that I can't tell. I understand your question now. I'm going to fly back to the, uh, to the uh, living quarters. You fly back to the living quarters and you rejoin Titus and Zakiah. Are you doing anything when you get back to them in particular or just rejoining back where you were on top of the bunk bed? Top of the bunk bed. Mr. Moto Hirokoshi goes back to putting the circuitry together. And you hear this, like, kind of joyful screech from round the corner from where he is. And he's like, bloody hell, I've done it. And you hear him get off this desk, run over to this galactic gate and start fiddling around with the electronics on it. Like tapping buttons on the computer and just trying to fit bits in for where he thinks they should go on the galactic gate. Wow. Sounds like we're, we're left off, guys. Should we go investigate? Well, well, let's you know we've we've committed to watching this program, so let's let's watch till the. Oh, uh, don't tell me you're hooked! Come on, it's so obvious what's going to happen. Hey, come on, no spoilers. <sighs> okay, uh, Ark, do you want to go? Actually, Ark's already there, isn't he? Well, Ark came back to the room where you guys all are. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, cool. I guess I'll I'll go take a look. Wander out into the main room. And it's the first time Zach's seen it, so she's like, whoa, yeah, I heard him say it was big, but Jesus, look at the size of that. 20 foot tall, made out of elvish rune stone and coupled together by an Aracochran welder and a Goliath barbarian builder. Fantastic. And you see him pushing buttons. You see him soldering last bits of... Uh, wires into circuitry and you see him with this one like this one motherboard uh, that he slots into the side of this galactic gate and you see that this synthetic energy this synthetic magic kind of pulses all around it um, you don't see anything appear in the middle of the galactic gate so far but he turns to you all and says we ready to test it yeah when you say test it what do you think could go wrong? Should we test it with something like an orange or something, or a biscuit maybe, before we put people in it? 
Well, Zakai, that's a very that's a very good point. Um, I've never turned one of these things on, so I mean, the electric. I could have wired the electric so wrong that when I turn it on, it explodes and kills us all. Or it could start a fire and crumble the mountainside. Or I'm not really too sure, if I'm honest. I was just going to flip the switch and give it a good good old go. Brilliant. Okay, Ark. Ark's hovering by that switch. Second he points to that switch, he's going to flap over and uh, hover right by it. Ark, have you used one of these before? No. Click the switch. (laughs) Guys, 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 you won't believe who Ventress got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Titus, as you poke your head round the corner of this room... You see that all this electricity sparks around this galactic gate, like reds and oranges. You see all of these exposed wires just fire off. It's like, um, it's like, uh, what is it like? It's like ink that's like falling from a piece of paper, just like moving around the side of this circle. And you see it erupt. Um, and you hear it click it, you hear clicks and cogs, and you hear the whirring of like, like this kind of generator starting up to get it going, and then, and it turns off. Oh. Oh, bugger. What have I, what have I miscalculated there? And he starts looking through blueprints and stuff, and looking through the instructions, and he's gone, now we know how to, Put it together. Ark, have you got your tome? Yep. I put out the tome, start flicking through the pages. Okay. He he saddles up next to you, kind of looks over your shoulder. He starts turning pages with you as well. And he gets to the middle where this um, blueprint is. And he's like, oh, yes, of course. What an idiot. Um, we need, we need blue arcane. Oh, hey! Well, that—that's us. We've got that. How do we? How do we activate it? It always seemed kind of involuntary before. You are the blue arcane Zakai, you genius! And he like grabs you by the shoulders and starts shaking. And he's like, "Yes, yes, okay, right, okay." Ark, Titus, Zakaya. I'm going to flip this switch. I need you to cast some kind of magic onto it. Once I flip the switch. There's no telling what's going to happen, but I believe that's what we need. Are we ready to give it a second go? I guess. How about you guys? Ark is going to start casting a spell. Okay. Okay. Titus, come on! It's a rerun anyway. Sorry, Titus is is, uh, he's trying to look like look like he's involved. So he was kicking the bottom of the uh, galactic gateway like you kick tires on a car when you're trying to look like you know what you're doing, but you're trying to buy one. (laughs) Oh yeah, I was just checking out the old, uh, the old, uh, the old. Yeah, whatever. What we doing? We've got a, we've got a. It's blue arcane, Titus. That's what it needs to power up. That's us. So we're gonna have to cast something on it. Anything in particular that we need to do? I have absolutely no idea, but Ark, you seem to have an idea. What is it that you want to? What is it that you want to cast? Cool. So we're we're kind of like surrounded by this storm, aren't we? This electrical storm. The perpetual snowstorm yeah. outside. Snow yes. Storm. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I like to think I can just I can like with my connection with tempo, I can feel that storm around me, Ooh. and I can kind of feel it start to crackle, and I cast call lightning. 
Uh, Holy shit. Nice. Yeah. So please read Call Lightning Aloud for everybody to hear. Right. Uh, a storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that is 10 feet tall and 60 foot wide, uh, centered on a point you can see within, a hun- within 100 feet directly above you. The spell fails if you can't see a point in the air where the storm cloud could appear. Uh, when you cast the spell, choose a point you can see within range, and a bolt of lightning will flash down from the cloud onto that point. Each creature within a five foot of that point must make a dexterity saving throw or take 3d10 lightning damage or half as much on a successful save. On each of your turns until the spell ends, you can use your action to call down lightning in this way again, target in the same point or a different one. If you're outdoors in stormy conditions when you cast this spell, this spell gives you control over an existing storm instead of creating a new one. Under such conditions, the spell's damage increases by 1d10. So that's 4d10 damage. And uh, yeah, I'm going to cast Call Lightning and just try and control this perpetual storm around the mountain. Okay. Um, let's, right. Is there, a, is there a saving throw here? Did I miss that part? Yeah, there's a, a dexterity saving throw for a gate. Right, I'm going to roll that. Oh, look, it failed. Right, here we go. <laughs> so, right, got it. I have control over this storm for 10 minutes and can call down a lightning bolt every six seconds. So, it's going to get hit. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, M- uh, Moto Hirokoshi sees you call this storm up and he's brilliant. Yes, okay. Um, right, already. Okay, here we go flips the switch. You see the electricity pulse around the side of the gate again. You see that all these like, um, not bulbs, but like filaments that are in the side just pulse on and the electricity is on. Woo! Did that do it? That looks like it did it. Yeah, my nipples are hard as a rock right now. <laughs> so it feels like it's doing something, this, this electricity. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting frizzier. So I'm gonna kind of use my wings and kind of fly into the air a little bit. And uh, I like to think some of my feathers kind of stand on end and I'm just gonna cast a lightning strike. You see the lightning called from the top of this cavern, controlled by this perpetual storm at the top of the mountain, strike this galactic gate. You see the galactic gate go from you looking through it to seeing the computer to this blue arcane pool of what looks like liquid just appear in the middle of it. You like you hear this galactic gate that sounds like it's got a massive petrol generator on it, like chugging away going Can you see anything through? That. Nothing at all. It's just a blue arcane electric front. And Mr. Mo- Moto Hirokoshi turns to you all and goes, Now, I have absolutely no idea where you're going to end up. But hey, it's a first time for everything. We can't control we go. That No, no way. Can we not just pick a planet? Anything? Oh, so I'm sorry. Did I not mention that? This is the first galactic gate that's been built in way over a few hundred years. I have absolutely no clue where you're going to end up. Yeah, you probably you should go- have mentioned you- that. Oh, apologies. Are, are you going in or not? Um, I'm going to pray to Tempo to say, take me to Ian. As everyone's talking, I'm just every six seconds, a thunderbolt is hitting the gate. I'm gonna salute to Moto and say, catch you on the flip side, motherfucker. 
And he, sa he's, he salutes you back. He, sa he goes, good luck, Titus. Uh, and then I'm going to take a running front flip through the gate, I think. Titus, wait, wait. I don't want to be left alone again. What if we get separated? I'm going to run. I'm going to grab hold of, like, the back of Titus, like a little... Like, you know how Yoda grabs hold of the back of Luke? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're, no, you, you, two are banjo you two are Banjo-Kazooing through this, banjo uh, this galactic... Yeah, absolutely. Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, oh, Zakaya is the... Zakaya... <laughs> uh, yeah, Zakaya, you are the Kazooie backpack on Banjo, and you're running through? Yeah. Uh, I'm signaling to Ark to get him to come through with us around the same time because I'm worried it's going to be like different wormholes or whatever they're bloody called but yep. yeah we're signaling our intent to go flying through this ASAP because well I don't, I, I don't know how long this is going to last for and uh, yeah we got we got stuff to do let's do this yep. I'm just clinging on and, and literally I can't even open my eyes Zach's not opening her eyes she's just clinging to the back of Titus and hoping they end nice. up somewhere right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ark, what do you do as you see Titus and Zakaya, Banjo-Kazooie, start to run up the ramp and get to where this blue arcane vi like veil is across this galactic gate? Yeah, I'm just going to, with all my might, fling my wings back and just fly into that gate. Yes! Woo! You, f you fly into the blue arcane galactic gate. You feel as if your bodies speed up. It's like um, it's like when you hit light speed in Star Trek. You just see all these lights whoosh past your face. Your body feels like weightless and gravity doesn't exist. You just see flashes of amazing blues and amazing purples and amazing violets. And then everything goes white. And there's no sound around you. And that's where we'll end our session. Ah! Oh! <laughs> <Very> good! <laughs> oh, this is insane. Oh, Ooh. goodness gracious me. Um, thank you so much for my players, Jamie, Amy, and Adam, for coming through and playing another episode of Dice With Death. If you're listening to this podcast, you know where we are. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're everywhere that you get your podcasts, but we're also on social media. Go and follow us at Dice Death Pod. Join in with what we're talking about on Twitter, on Instagram. And if you so wish, which I think you should do, actually, you should send us <laughs> yeah. a message, either a voice message or a tweet or a message on Instagram because we're putting together the next No Dice, the one-year anniversary oh of this God. podcast oh! is coming out very, very soon. So is please there a send us messages. Because I have a friend well, who wants to do one. Well, I was going to say, by the time this episode comes out, it will be, instead of doing a two-week break, we'll do a one-week break, like okay. we used to do with No Dice, you know, like do an episode every two yeah. and then do a No Dice the week in between them. So... Yeah, send us a message. Um, Jamie, how can people send us a voice message? So you can go two ways. Um, you can go onto our um, podcast hosting platform, Anchor, and leave us a message. Or if you drop us an email, so if you send us a voice note from your phone uh, to uh, dicewithdeathpodcast at gmail.com, uh, we'll get that as well. And 
only a short message, please, like maybe like 10 seconds. Uh, but if you uh, have a look at the show notes, if you go on our social media, it will be the kind of pinned tweet and pinned kind of message on all of our kind of channels. Yeah, so send us your message about your favourite moment from the last year of um, Dice With Death podcast. These guys are going to be on it and telling us about all their favourite moments, and we're going to see into our first year anniversary with a bang in 2022. Jamie, if people yeah. want to find you on social media, where can they find you? you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jamu1987. Zakaya. Zakaya? Amy, if people <laughs> want to find you. One in the same. <laughs> They can, one in the same. Where can they find you on social media? So I'm normally loitering around Twitter, um, Amy underscore Mallet. And Adam, where can people find you on social media? They can find me across all social medias at Adam Wilborn. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Dice with Death. Say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. bye.